Warning. The Humps Podcast is rated 18 plus for sexual content and graphic language. Listener discretion is advised. Good day, everyone, and welcome to part two of body image and condom use. I know you guys have been waiting a little bit to hear the results, and I'm sure you're going to be blown away by some of the answers that I have. But first of all, I'd like to tackle the first couple things I need to mention from the previous episode. So I've never really torn apart a research article, or if I have, it was probably in my early 20s. So experience isn't there anymore. So I'm still working on that. So bear with me. But I forgot to mention in part one that one of the subjects in the survey was also body satisfaction, which I can't believe I missed because that's a huge point in all of this. But the body satisfaction scale question was most of the time I am happy with the way I look and then they had a scale of four. So I would imagine that one was never and four was all the time or there was some version of that done there. And then I also missed the, there was three points made for the condom question, because not only did they ask how frequently that they use condoms, but they also asked if you used a condom when you lost your virginity, and if you used a condom the last time you had sex. So more important questions that I forgot to mention. I also messed up accidentally on a timeline from page 52 where there was a stat that fewer than 30% of girls were using condoms every time. That was in 2004, not 2006. I got a little confused because the years were within the same sentence and I done goofed. (laughs) So my apologies for that. I'm working on it. Back to the results that we wanted to talk about on this Uh, On page 56, they explain 8% of 8th grade girls indicated that they had ever had sexual intercourse. By 10th grade, this number had climbed to 34%. And by 12th grade, it had reached 60%. And then out of the 60% of girls who were sexually active by grade 12, 47%, 47% said that they always use condoms. So less than half, which is... Very sad, but again, not very surprising. So then when they looked at the results, they went and took a deeper dive into it. So they looked at a combination of body satisfaction and sexual experience in grade tw- grade 10s that was affecting condom use in grade 12. And then they could see with 73% accuracy how this would play out based on those answers. So this survey was done with numbers on scales. So in on page 20, 27, 57, my gosh, it quotes, For every unit increase in 10th grade body satisfaction, the odds of using condoms consistently in 12th grade increases by four times. This was only consistent, however, for the girls who had intercourse after grade 10. So... That I thought was pretty crazy. I didn't think that it would be that accurate. 73%, I mean, it's not 99% or 100%, but to see higher than half of a percentage in accuracy is great. Not great in the sense that we want these results. These are not good results. Like We don't want less than half of girls using condoms every time they have sex, but it's good in the sense that we're seeing a predictive 
pattern. So that means that we're getting closer to finding something that we could target to help the problem. And then they grabbed the grade eight results and then the grade 10 results and kind of mishmashed them together to then see what the results would be at that point. Because they were thinking, well, if we're looking at grade 10, then it's closer to grade 12. So maybe if we look at how they feel about themselves, look at themselves in grade 10 and then compare it to their grade 12 experience, then maybe we'd have a more accurate representation of how their body image is affecting them. And then they thought, well, the other problem with that is in grade eight, you're closer to the point where you hit puberty. And when you hit puberty, your body image takes a shit kicking. So then would it then be more accurate to go further ahead? Because maybe you need to look earlier instead of closer to the time when more people are sexually active. When they combined the grade eight and grade 10 results, the predictions increased from 73% with just the grade 10s to 75% with the grade 8s and the grade 10s. That being said, they're showing that the negative body image that you have in grade 8 is also affecting how you feel about yourself in grade 12 and your condom use. But this, again, was only accurate with girls who had not had sex by grade 10. So... There's a constant, how would you say, replaying here. Like we're seeing if you're not sexually active and you have a negative body image and then you go through high school and then you reach grade 12 and then you have intercourse, you're more likely to go for riskier sex. This happens. But then the other thing too is if you engage in sex earlier in in your youth, like once you hit adolescence, Regardless of how you feel about your body, it seems to show that most youth that are engaging in sex earlier are still having more frequent, riskier sex, regardless of how they feel. And I I think that speaks a lot to our education system. It's not just about body image here, though we're seeing it plays uh, it plays a role. I hope that everybody listening to this can can hear that there is a problem and we need to find a way to deal with this to help our youth. But the big issue is that kids aren't getting the education that they need to have the tools and resources to make decisions. Some of them don't really understand what's going on. Like I've mentioned in the past, like when you're 13, 14 years old, you think you know everything. You think you're smarter than most adults. And by no means are you. It's just your hormones talking and a bunch of other stuff, life circumstances and whatnot. But again, there's a lack of resources. So then you're just like, oh, well, I have these urges. You act impulsively on them. And then it's just like, well, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm okay with this because my hormones want this. And there's a bunch of psychology and emotions behind it. And then it just ends up with more and more risky behavior because there's no way for you to get the education you need to know that this is so risky or whatnot you're just doing what comes naturally or this changes from circumstance to circumstance and I do believe that if if there was a better system a better curriculum for youth for adolescents to have the information they require to know the dangers they could be putting themselves through to know, you know, sex isn't just a physical thing. There's so much more to it. 
and how to be respectful of each other and yourself and this and that and knowing it's normal to have urges it's normal to want these things and then know how to deal with those feelings and work with them and not feel like a monster or strange because of them those things aren't there yet and it's sad because we're in the 21st century and we're still not there yet we're still dealing with a lot of people thinking that if you teach adolescents about sex, they're going to engage in more sex. Whereas I never really understood that myself, but I'm from a new generation and even people in my generation might not agree. It depends on religion and, and how you were raised and so on and so forth. My parents always raised me to believe that education was important and valid. And the more knowledge you have, the better off you are because then you have the tools to make better decisions. To see this play out is like, so we're just going to let the kids keep making the mistakes of our past and not try to improve it, thinking that if we give them a tool that we never had, that it's going to make the situation worse when there has been nothing to back that statement up. It's It even says in this article that they, they have issues bringing in sex education to students but they're hoping that if they start bringing in courses for body image satisfaction, that it'll slowly start moving in that direction because it will essentially help. But it's not it's not the only answer. Like we need more than just making kids feel better about themselves. Still important, but it's not the end game here. It's It's very much an ongoing battle and still a very big reason as to why I am trying my darndest to educate people because I want to make sure that people that are in their youth, that are my age, that are older, are given the resources and information that they need in order to have a healthier sex life, to have a healthier relationship with themselves and how they feel and so on and so forth. It is so important. And this study makes that more valid. They do mention more onto this uh, for the research points anyway. On page 54, they say girls who were not retained were significantly older and reported significantly higher levels of sexual activity in eighth grade compared to the girls who were retained. I thought this was kind of strange because, well, if you're more sexually active, you would think, well, those would be good people to look at to see if maybe there would be a difference if we improve their body image. Although the study says regardless of body image or how they thought about their body image, nothing changed. It's just interesting to me that they dropped out. Is it because there was shame? Is it because, well, I'm already sexually active, so why am I taking part in this study? I would have loved to sit down with some of these students and have some answers as to why they didn't want to continue this survey. Like they were by no means obligated to do this survey. It was, you want to come and join, you can. But I just, I'm curious as to why specifically the ones who were more sexually active in grade eight were just not about continuing the program because that is is a select group. It's not just random people here and there. It's a group of them that just left who were already at the point where sex was already a thing. 
if you look at the stats, it seems to say if we have sex before grade 12, you're more likely to use condoms less. And they think it's because when you start early, you're more likely to have sex more often and aren't mature enough to make healthy sex decisions and may have different reasons to be having sex, which I've touched on a little bit earlier. And we talked about the body image not really changing the outcome. It's a lot. I think there's a lot that should be considered in this study. First and foremost, that education is not is not there. And the other thing is that this study was not a huge study. So I mean, it's to be taken with a grain of salt. They talk about that a lot at the end where you just, it's in one country, it's in one particular school, and it's with a small group of girls. It's by no means like this was a worldwide test, and therefore we know that this accuracy of 73 and 75% is worldwide. No, it's not. But to see that these patterns are already arising in the States, to me would say, hey, this is something we should look further into. And this study has mentioned a couple of times within it that it's the first of its kind to compare body image with condom use or kind of try to relate the two. Because in the past, body image has mostly been something that we've correlated to depression, you know, just mental health in general, as well as eating disorders, because the desire to be thin, and not thin, healthy thin, thin in the point where you're almost a skeleton. And I myself being raised in like the early 2000s, I did not have a positive body image. I was not thin as a rail, petite. I wasn't like a Britney Spears by any means in my youth. And I mean, you're not supposed to be, but it's just, you always have that comparison in your mind and media just pushes that. And then the objectification, which we talked about earlier, it was just a lot. It was constantly a push for that supermodel thin look and not everybody is supposed to look the same. We're all different. We should all embrace that, but we were never really given the opportunity to have a course or a class or a chance to have these healthy discussions. The um, other stat that I thought was interesting that I had read was on page 59, and uh, this one was another quote from this article, and it says, nearly one third of all girls will have sexual intercourse between the ages of 16 and 18. And for girls, interventions that increase body satisfaction may help to promote adolescent sexual health as well. I agree. I had no idea the stat was so high. I, I've seen a lot of it myself where I've talked to people where I asked them, hey, when have you lost your virginity? And of course, it was a conversation where I wouldn't disclose to anyone who I was speaking to and what age they said they lost it at or this and that. It was just casual conversation. And a lot of people mentioned to me about, about that age range, but I just didn't know how widespread it was. That is the sum up of the study. Well, what I could pull out of it anyway, there was a lot of, it was very wordy. I don't know how else to say it. It was a lot to try to change into what I would call basic English. I even asked my mom, I was like, could you read this 
I've read it like 500 times and I'm just trying to figure out how to word this differently so it's more digestible because God, this is not fun to read. It was fascinating and I got the gist of it, but to make it so that I could paraphrase it, if you will, to a point where you guys as my audience would have an easy time just listening to it and saying, oh, that makes sense, was a whole other ball game because she looked at me after reading it and she shook her head and she's just, she was just not about it. <laughs> she just did not read like reading that at all. She's like, I get it, but it just, it was too much. There's too too much wordiness and whatnot. And I mean, some of you who will choose to read this article will find it very easy to read. I do not. <laughs> this is not in any way, shape or form the type of text that I enjoy reading, but due to the subject matter and my personal, I guess, relation to it, I felt like it was important to bring up. That being said, we are now going to talk about my personal experience with uh, body image and condom use. So me being a bit vulnerable here, but uh, here we are. To start from the beginning, I would say that I was the fat kid in school. I was bullied. I had some crushes on some boys. And when they found out that I had a crush on them, they would get teased and then grossed out that I liked them. You get the gist. It was not a good time. I was teased sometimes mercilessly. I am not petite. I wouldn't say I was to the point of being grossly overweight, but I, I was heavier. I was chubby. And I'm well built, I would say. I could take someone out on a football field if I wanted to. And that may be very popular for sports, but not very popular in the dating field, which I mean, when you're a teenager is kind of the field you want to be playing in, not so much the sports, depending on who you are. But that's how I felt. <laughs> I only became sexually active at 18. And to be quite transparent, I have never used a condom. And that is not because I didn't want to use one. It was literally for the same reasons we just read about. I hated my body. I still struggle with liking my body and I'm slimmer now. I wouldn't say I'm ugly or anything. I just, I struggle so hard with this because of childhood trauma. And I could just never advocate for myself. I could never stand up for myself because I never felt good enough to say my two cents. I would always get the excuses like they don't feel good on, they're too tight, we don't need it, I'll pull out. And I always had sex sex in my relationships early and my relationships were never long. And there was just, it was just a clusterfuck of problems. And I am very fortunate that I never got any STIs or STDs. I don't know how, I don't know the frequency in how common STIs and STDs are. And I will probably look into that later on, but I have not contracted anything. I have tested myself multiple times. I have not gotten pregnant. I've been on birth control and whatnot. But if I had anything to say to myself, I would probably choose the age of about 13, 14, when I was the hardest on myself. And that would be, you are a person and you're worth so much more than what people say about your body. 
And I wish that I would have had the opportunity to have a course that made me feel good about myself. And I just felt like all kinds of bad. <laughs> I felt all kinds of bad. And I remember my mom trying to make me feel better about it, always telling me, you know, it's good that you're not fragile. It's good that you're not a petite little girl because then you're kind of intimidating, which means that people are less likely to take advantage of you. And being a teenager who just wanted a boyfriend because I identified as purely heterosexual at the time was just heartbroken because I was like, I'm just seeing all these dainty little girls in my class getting dates and being able to have fun relationships or what seemed like fun relationships from a distance. And I'm sitting there being like, yeah, I am the manly girl that nobody wants. And it's not even my fault that I'm built like this. I don't have a choice in the matter. And it really sucks. And it still sticks with me to this day. My current boyfriend and I, we're about same height. I'm not much smaller than him, but he's into that. So I'm all about it. He doesn't like dainty, so it worked out. For this relationship that I currently have, I would say that our communication is a lot better than any other one that I've ever had. And there's been a lot of discussions between each other because we're both kids at one point that were bullied about our weight mercilessly. I could, I unfortunately could still recite songs of when kids used to tease me and compare me to a cow. I could recite them to you and I choose not to because they make me cry. <laughs> and he had a very similar experience. So when we entered this relationship, we both agreed, you know, we want respect. We have had it rough. We both got tested for STIs and whatnot. And for our sex life, we weren't worried about kids because he already has a daughter, my stepdaughter. And I wasn't interested in having any. I also have a condition that would worsen if I did decide to have a baby and just did not interest me at all. So he has a vasectomy. So when we both came back with negative results for STIs and whatnot, condoms didn't seem to be a thing to worry about. To my young audience, I, I really hope that you guys choose to use condoms and tread with precaution. And I mean, I'm a hypocrite right now. I didn't do any of those things. I really... I'm just trying to give you advice from somebody who went through a dark time and has experienced what these people have studied firsthand. I hated how I looked. I had sex at 18 and I didn't use condoms because I had a negative body image. I'm part of that percentage that could accurately predict my condom use because I did not feel like I could negotiate the condom being used. There is no excuse, there is no good enough reason for somebody to not put a condom on. There never will be. I would love for you guys to advocate for yourselves and put your foot down and say, it's my body, my life, and I deserve respect. And I think that I would like a condom and that's how I feel. And if you can't respect that, then this is not okay with me. And that's the end of the situation. And it's, 
it sounds so easy and I know I'm making it sound easy. I'm not even someone who's done this. If anything, I've talked to con talked about condoms with my most current boyfriend than any of the others because I basically fought once and then lost that battle and gave up. And then this one I've talked multiple times, but it's more out of curiosity because like I said, I don't think I've ever had sex with a condom. If I did, the, the memory is very fleeting and non-existent. So it's just more curiosity's sake than anything else. And he's fine with it. We've been able to talk about it, but to be able to talk about it is hard. In that, I hope that everyone listening has learned a bit of something, has maybe connected with it to a degree and understood, you know, everything makes sense. Because I know I looked at this and I was like, I'm not alone. I'm not the only one who struggled through this, which is horrible, but it, it feeling less lonely feels good sometimes. So I hope that there's been some clarity for some and that others see this and think, you know, this is helpful information and I can do something with this. I hope that if you guys do have any commentary, please leave me a review. Please rate this episode or this this podcast would be great. That's super helpful to me. I would love for more people to listen to this to hopefully get some help from it or information. I'm all about the knowledge is power quote. If you want to see me on Instagram, you can find me on the page danielle.m.laflamme. Feel free to send me a comment or send me a message. I'll do my best to answer you. I hope you like these episodes and I'll see you next time. Thank you for joining me again. Bye.